most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Jim Ross Report. (laughs) With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed. Hello again, everybody. And some slobber knocker audio coming your way, fresh off the grill. Glad you're with us. Thanks for subscribing to our program on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever the hell you get your shows. We appreciate your business. I can tell you that. Uh, and don't forget those uh, five-star ratings. We'll talk more about that later. You know I will. Uh, big weekend. A lot of fun. I'm still in L.A. recording this program. Uh, looking forward to getting back to Oklahoma so I can uh, change my clothes and go to Dallas for the OU Texas game this weekend. Many of you may be aware that I'll be on the Fox Sports pregame show this Saturday morning at approximately 9.45 a.m. Central Time on, uh, on Fox talking uh, Red River rivalry with uh, Oklahoma and Texas. You notice, out of my mouth, you'll never hear, it's the Texas OU game, and that one doesn't count. It's OU Texas. Leave it alone. No kidding. <laughs> it's a blood feud. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun Saturday. So check that out if you can. Uh, big weekend, as I mentioned, here in Southern California. Uh, flew in. I got to watch half the OU game on Saturday in Norman. Rushed to the airport. Flew to Dallas. Dallas connecting to uh, LAX. LAX via car to Long Beach. Where my uh, room awaited at the Marriott. Uh, then Kevin Kelly and I had our meeting with Access TV on Sunday morning, they they kind of laid out what they were looking for. We kind of shared with them what we were looking for, and it was perfect match. And I really had a good time working with Kevin, and uh, he's going to be joining us here in a little while to talk about the weekend and what he's got coming up and, and some other ideas. A lot of interesting dialogue was created involving announcing and other projects uh, from the weekend. We'll see how it all evolves. It's, right now, it's just people talking and sharing ideas, and there's, that's a good thing, by the way. So Kevin Kelly joins us later. Uh, part two of the compelling Cowboy Bill Watts interview and conversation uh, will be here as well. I really appreciate your comments uh, regarding uh, Bill's appearance last week on the show. You know, uh, philosophies and doing things the right way or, and or the wrong way just don't change. Fundamentals, philosophies, soundness, uh, logic doesn't go out of style. And just because the Cowboy is almost 80, he doesn't sound 80. I think you'll agree. Uh, he's sharp as a tack. And the day we, we talked, uh, he was really in a great talking mood. And we're getting some pretty deep stuff in this uh, second part of the interview as well. And some things I think you can take away from and say, I understand now better the fundamentals are, or what the fundamentals are supposed to be uh, in the wrestling business, as, uh, at least as spoken by uh, Cowboy Bill Watts, who did more in the eyes of many, including mine, to bring a focus and develop episodic weekly wrestling shows than anybody that I know. Uh, I'm not talking about the two-hour Raws and live shows. I'm talking about a 60-minute traditional uh, video, uh, taped, rather, a tape, videotaped show uh, in wrestling, in syndication. He had a knack 
And uh, we'll talk more about that, too, as time goes on. So that's uh, some things that are happening. But, folks, really, the bottom line is, here's what's on my mind. Well, as I said, a busy weekend in Southern California for good old JR. A lot of, but we're busy on many fronts. You know, I try to keep you guys aware of what we're doing with our uh, food business. You know, the, and you wonder, you may wonder, and the motivation behind that is this. It was my mother's original recipe to make JR's original barbecue sauce. The, her, her feel, uh, her flavor, her, some of the things she used in the, in the ingredients, uh, we were able to replicate and improve upon with Clemens Foods in Oklahoma City. But the dream of having our barbecue sauce or ketchup, mustard, uh, whatever it may be on the shelves is something that I've talked about with my family forever. It's an homage. It's a thank you to my mother. My wife, Jan, spent hours developing uh, recipes like for the chipotle ketchup and the uh, jalapeno honey mustard. Uh, it's a family affair. My mother and my wife are no longer with us, unfortunately. But I'm going to continue to push forward with this and see where the journey ends. And the good news is that we're having some successes recently. Ingalls Markets, the great stores that are located in the southeastern part of the United States, their headquarters is in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, they are uh, just made a huge order for our products. They have over 200 stores. So if you live in a part of America... Uh, that has an Ingles market, I-N-G-L-E-S, then uh, check them out. And I'll let you know when everything gets on the shelf and all that good stuff. We may even have a couple of contests revolving around uh, some pictures from our products on the the shelves with some nice prizes involved. So uh, thank Ingles for their confidence. Uh, Tom Outlaw, their president. Uh, Really, whether they do business with us or not, folks, they're the cleanest, most well-organized grocery stores I've ever set foot in ever and uh they got the most of them got the uh starbucks in the front all the good stuff yeah so uh thanks uh, to ingles and we'll get back to you on the on those uh, when it's going to be on the shelves and they're also a big backer of the headlock uh headlock on hunger which you know i have a special part in my heart for that too uh so in addition to ingles you know in north america if you want to shop online you're not near an ingles you can do that at uh, www.shop.com and uh, so you got, you know, that's a that's a that's a layup. Good people, fast order fulfillment. www.shop.com for North American orders. Uh, we're still talking to Steve McKenzie uh, with Crafty Connoisseur. Uh, he and Clemens Foods are getting their uh, all their eyes dotted and T's crossed. And we'll hopefully we'll have some products in Steve's warehouses in Scotland where he can ship uh, around the world uh, very very soon. And uh, and we'll also obviously make a big announced on that as well so uh those are that's a little bit on the food front i mentioned headlock on hunger and i'll be uh, donating my time and, and and what i can to uh headlock on hunger uh on uh november 24th that's a saturday after thanksgiving folks wrestlecade's the event you've all if you're a wrestling fan you've heard about wrestlecade it's a huge three-day event uh, stars galore uh, the King and I will be joining forces at the event on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. That's Saturday, November 24th, from 10 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. Great photo ops, the King and I. We'd love to see you folks uh, there. And uh, a, a large part of my proceeds, at least, will be going to Headlock on Hunger. And uh, I'm going to fly with the OU football team as my plan to uh, Morgantown on Thanksgiving Day. 
and then uh, have a, I'm sure, a wonderful meal at the hotel. <laughs> but I'll get to go to the OU West Virginia game on Friday night. Then leaving from the stadium for a car trip from Morgantown to Winston Salem. So, uh, and some say I'm not dedicated. Oh <laughs> my boy, you're too dedicated. So, uh, the king will be there. Uh, we'll have uh, books. We're going to have uh, barbecue sauce, condiments, all of our stuff there in Winston Salem. Uh, if you're if you're of the mood of that sort, but if you want to buy a book, Slobber Knocker, My Life in Wrestling, we'll sell you one, sign it, personalize it, do the whole nine yards. Russell Cage, Saturday, November twenty four. Winston-Salem, North Kakalaki, 10 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. But, uh, man, can you believe that the, that the the Jericho Cruise is here? It's time. Man, I got to I need I need to strip down to my BVDs and then go through a car wash that, sprit, that spritz out sort of water uh, tanning oil. I need to go I need to go paint myself brown. Because as my friend Arn Anderson says many times, remember kids, our fat looks better brown than white. There's something to be said of that. Tan, in other words. Uh, only a few cabins are left. I've heard there's less than 50 cabins left before this thing is a complete sellout. That is pretty damn phenomenal. Pretty. I mean, this ain't the Minnow. This is a cruise ship. This is a big old boat, man. This ain't no three-hour cruise. We're going from Miami to the Bahamas as best we can remember. So uh, a lot of fun. ChrisJokoCruise.com. We'll be doing Lawler and I will both be there hosting one, two of m- dozens and dozens of talents. Great action. The Bullet Club versus Team Impact. The Alpha Omega scenario. Great wrestling matches. And really cool booking. Multiple promotions. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And uh, we'll be bringing... bringing uh, Raphael will be coming with us, Raphael Morphy, Richard Lewis of my staff. And uh, we'll be selling books and sauces and all kinds of good stuff. It's the plan right now uh, on the cruise. So check it out, ChrisJerkoCruise.com, and uh, we'll see you there. I was asked before we went on the air today if I wanted to talk about the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court nominee hearing. After I did my spit take, I said, not much. Uh, here's the thing. I don't know that Kavanaugh wouldn't make a great Supreme Court justice. I have no idea. Uh, but I can tell you that I was a little concerned when he started crying. Yes, I understand it's a very sensitive thing for him that his life has been exposed and put on display. What the hell did you think was going to happen? That's the way of the damn political world. If you're nominated by a Republican, the Democrats are going to piss all over you. If you're nominated by the Democrats, the Republicans are going to do doo-doo on your face. It don't matter. There's no objectivity. It's all about party politics. And when all that got embraced and entangled, I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm out. That's not the intent. That's not the intent. As I said before, and some of you have agreed, professional politicians, as Lou Saban the old coach of the Buffalo Bills once said on a sideline, they're killing me, Whitey. They're killing me. This stuff is killing me, figuratively, not literally. Bottom line of it is, is this. I think that Mr. Kavanaugh should have been prepared for the worst. Again, that's the world we live in. 
Uh, he may be one hell of a Supreme Court justice. Don't know. I couldn't name you four of them. I don't. I can't name you two of them. Of the Supreme Court justice, they're off the radar. But I just wonder if uh, the fragility, apparently, of his feelings uh, and his sensibilities are what you want in that office. I don't know. Again, I ain't taking sides one way or the other. But I felt I was a little uncomfortable watching a grown man cry and uh, on on television because. His name had been ruined. So, no, the answer is, I don't really want to comment too much on the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court deal. But it's in the news. You know my feeling on it. So, shame on me for expressing it. I enjoyed watching a little football last weekend. Uh, Rick Flair at the uh, Georgia Bulldogs game. Pretty cool. Nate's got a lot of exposure. They love him. Why not? Well, his daughter-in-law is on the uh, Georgia track team, hence one of the connections there. Because for years, Rick was a fan. Of, he was a big Florida fan. Then he, I think it was more of a Steve Spurrier fan, quite frankly. Then he went to South Carolina at this Spurrier, and, and Nate's kind of uh, went, went with him in that regard. So a c- cool picture of uh, Nate's visiting with Tony Schiavone, who uh, produces those football games for UGA and uh, made the rounds. Good seeing those two dudes back together. As I mentioned about, uh, well, the football. You know, I, I, I'm a big football mark. You guys probably know that. And I can't help but talk about it sometimes. Uh, Steelers, Jan's team. My wife, Jan's team, the Steelers. We have a lot of Steelers memorabilia. God almighty. Autographed jerseys from everybody that was ever anybody. Every Hall of Famer. Uh, just amazing. And by the way, Terry Bradshaw has a has very nice penmanship. We have a Steelers number twelve jersey, signed by Terry Bradshaw. Pretty cool. Uh, but boy, they they're miserable right now. The team is. You, you I think Mike Tomlin is a spirited guy. Great presentation, looks good. Has had some good years there, but the question I ask: Has he lost his audience? Has he lost his team? Are they listening to his messages? Because if they are listening, they're not taking those messages to heart and responding in kind. It seems like the Steelers, so unlike them, are arguably the most dysfunctional team that's supposed to be good in the entire National Football League. Boy, she's been having a rough time right now. Their record one win, two losses, and a tie. So a uh, tough year for the Steelers, and I bring them up because, again, I feel somewhat obligated to carry on. Uh, I mentioned that this Saturday, speaking of football, I'll be in, in Dallas, arriving on Friday night, uh, going to be on the Fox uh, Sports pregame show. Good crew there, too, you know. Uh, Rob Stone, Coach Wanstatt, Matt Leinert, Robert Smith, and a cast of thousands this week, I hear. I think uh, they got Coach Stoops booked on it, uh, Vince Young, uh, Toby Keith, Roger Clements. And, of course, you know, they're bringing the heavy guns in for the main event to close the show, but <clears throat> I didn't want to really focus on that much. But just saying. 9.45 Central Time, Fox Sports. Check it out. It should be a lot of fun uh, for everybody, especially if we beat their ass after the – as the game the day goes on, there's nothing worse than living. And they do it too. 
there's a lot of Okies that live down in Texas, and they got to live with or leave the wagon or, or follow the wagon. If the Oklahoma wins and they're an Okie and living in Texas, they got a great year. They, we got our ass beat, not so much. So all I can say is stay out of the woodshed. Let's take a look around the wrestling horn kids. Lita made a surprise appearance. The Hall of Famer Lita, Amy Dumas, in uh, MCW down there in, in Maryland. Good friend Dan McDivitt's got a hell of a promotion there. He got a good school, too. They, do, they have a very, very sound promotion that a lot of independent wrestling promotions could learn from. Good to see that she went back. Cause she's she's uh, spent a lot of time there in her younger career, did Lita. And I'm sure Lita's getting ready to... She's going to be competing at the... Uh, all women's paper you coming up soon. That should be kind of fun. Uh, I want to congratulate uh, World Class Revolution. Jerry Bostick's got a company that's based in Ardmore, Oklahoma. They had another Oklahomania. That was in Ardmore this past weekend. And a uh, very fast-growing promotion with interesting entertainment ideas uh, where the wrestling is a part of the presentation, obviously, but there's also a storyline thread that begins and ends in the same one-hour episode. Interesting. MLW, Courtney Bowers Company, also returns to Queens, New York's Melrose Ballroom uh, this week on, uh, and that's going to be a big night. Thursday night, actually, is a date. Some of you get the show before Thursday, some won't, or listen. It's available every Wednesday. You know that, right? But in any event, tickets for all the upcoming MLW shows are available at MLW.com including locations, venues, addresses, start times, et cetera, et cetera. And speaking of the Melrose Ballroom, and by God, we were. My boy, I love the Melrose. Uh, the Melrose Ballrooms, as you know, is in Queens. Uh, Impact Wrestling will host their Bound for Glory. Pay-per-view there on Sunday, October the 14th. And uh, two TV tapings uh, the next two nights on Monday, October 15th, and Tuesday, October 16th. Tickets at impactwrestling.com. Uh, our, uh, our road producer, Raphael, works for those companies, MLW and uh, Impact, and we're always happy to cooperate with Raphael and help those brands as well. And speaking of another brand, a lot of name identity, been around forever, NWA's uh, big 70th anniversary show on Sunday, October 21st. That's going to be in Nashville at the fairgrounds there, the old fairgrounds building. Uh, Cody, NWA title defense against Nick Aldis. Uh Jazz def defending her women's title. She's tough as a $2 steak, let me tell you. Good hand. Really good hand. Uh, and Jim Cornette and Tony Schiavone, I think, are going to broadcast the uh, NWA title match, which should be a blast to hear. That's to me, is worth the, as good as any reason to watch the show. Uh, and uh, tickets are on sale at NWA 70, the numeral 70, number 70. NWA 70. Dot com. So uh, check that out if you're in the neighborhood. Uh, I want to congratulate Progress Wrestling. They hosted a unique event in London at the famed uh, Wembley Arena. One of the greats in the land, Will Ospreay, worked on that show. We thank them for that. Uh, that little bit of news, and the business continues to grow, right? I'd be remiss to get off this topic without talking about what's going to happen Saturday night at USC 229 in Las Vegas lost wages uh the city that never sleeps right so it's going to be connor and khabib much talked about going to do 
probably a million and a half, maybe two million buys. Going to make a lot of money for a lot of people. Uh, the city of Vegas gets another windfall. A lot of travelers spending that money, eating good food, drinking Moscow mules, riding in Uber cars, and all that good stuff. Uh, I, I'm. Thinking about this match, I'm going to watch the fight. Probably Coach Bill Biedenboe, Oklahoma's offensive line coach, either his house or mine. I think that uh, my the jury for me that's out in regards to Connor's inactivity, the fact that while he was away from fighting, his lifestyle may not have been ideal and that uh, he's got rust. And I have also heard, I talked to Dave Meltzer about this, that Connor's training for this fight was uh, at freakish level, that he trained harder, more thoroughly, added some new things as far as training technique or concerned, et cetera, et cetera, uh, than he's ever done. But again, will that be enough to take the rust off the diamond? I don't know that. Uh, I think it'll probably end up, with some of us will get knocked out. Isn't that what we want? Sure as hell to watch NASCAR, watch guys go make left turns. You watch NASCAR, many of us, to watch them crash. Sad to say. So, uh, big money. Uh, I the, oh, the Connors fight is like OU Texas. It's too close to call. I ain't betting on it. But I do think if I did a prop bet, I'd say I think some, one, one of them is getting knocked out. But if I had to put my hand on the gun to my head, I'm thinking it's going to be the rust is going to overcome Conor McGregor. He'll get beat, and it will be a great reason for a rematch. And the second fight, with his rust, ring rust addressed, will make even more money than this fight. We'll see how it turns out. Big affair on pay-per-view uh, on Saturday night from Vegas. It's hard to believe that the WWE 1,000th episode of SmackDown is uh, only a couple weeks away. Tuesday, October the 16th, SmackDown Live. Uh, and I see where Batista's scheduled to reunite with Evolution, which we all know who Evolution is. If you're a wrestling nerd like most of us, the Nate, Trips, RKO out of nowhere, and Batista. Pretty damn good quartet, huh? Uh, really good. Really good. So it's good to see them back. I think that uh, SmackDown 1000, you know, just as a creative guy that still fantasy books, that's all I'm doing. Uh, maybe it's an educated fantasy booking, but or not. Be a great place for Ray Mysterio to reappear. I mean, it's a memorable show. He was a big part of SmackDown. Seems like a natural fit, but we'll, we'll, time will tell. Two weeks away. Do you remember who the first broadcast team was for SmackDown, kids? You want to take a minute to go talk amongst yourselves? Okay, time's up. J.R. and the King. And uh, I had the. I was also doing the. Uh, uh, VP of Talent Relations, the processing the payroll, doing the, the live event bookings. And I, I remember telling, talking to Vince, I said, I think my boat is getting ready to cat size. It's loaded. So then they, they brought in Michael Cole to work with Lawler. And uh, Michael had a great learning experience there with Jerry and uh, kept refining his game to where he is today as the lead voice of the brand. So uh, but Lawler and I were the first broadcast team to call a SmackDown event. And it was very memorable. Goes in the little bucket list of stuff, stuff that we've done together. So uh, I wish you good luck on that. As a matter of fact, no, I haven't been invited back. And no, I'm not upset about it. I really not. 
I know you're going to ask. Somebody's going to ask. Well, Jr. Are you and the King are the first broadcast team. Won't they invite you? Why don't they invite you back? Why don't they? Who are they? Who the hell is they? For God's sakes, I don't know. Don't use them in pronouns, kid. Hey, that's one thing too. Uh, you, you listen to broadcasters this weekend on football. If the ones that are really good use very few pronouns, the ones that are playing the role of a football broadcaster use the hell out of the pronouns. Did you see him catch that? Who's him? Did you see that? Did you see him? Come on. Uh, so that's that. Uh, I thought Raw this week, the thing about Raw that kind of I thought was interesting in the big picture was the fact that uh, the show closing segment involved the almost, you won't say the alumni, but certainly uh, the vets, right? Sean, Undertaker, Kane, Triple H, and the bigger guys left for the Duke Up. And the fan favorites, I guess, you're going to say, probably so, were left laying. I like leaving the show with a definitive scenario to examine. I used to always, Cowboy liked to book these things where we go off the air fighting. And I'd be screaming and busting my gut and, you know, veins popping. But we never resolved anything on that episode. And his theory was, and it's not a bad theory. I'm not saying it didn't work. It did work. They'll tune back in next week to see what happened. And you say, well, that won't work today. It won't work today. Because when you go off the air, it'll be on Twitter. Social media. It wasn't such a thing then. So uh, there's that. I thought that the, those guys, uh, that was that stood out to me on that show, how the positioning of the of it was. And does that say to some of you that the WWE believes that that quartet of talent collectively are over more than any other entity on Raw? They closed the show. It's the go-home show before a massive money show this weekend in Australia. All the, all the little boxes are checked. Are some of the younger guys that are, that are fighting their ass off to get over just not quite getting over the top of the Top of, top of the mountain yet? May feel that way. I know that uh, based on the television ratings, the ratings on Monday night uh, were not good. So something ain't stirring the coffee. And, of course, all that brings us to uh, this weekend, Melbourne Cricket Grounds, Melbourne, Australia, live on the WW Network, 5 in the morning on the East Coast. 5 in the morning on the East Coast. 4 a.m. where I live in Oklahoma. So uh, check it out. Becky, Charlotte, rematch, big environment, big stage, big stadium. Big opportunity. Uh, AJ and Samoa Joe, uh, great storytelling, personal issue, big crowd. They're digging it. So the hardest thing of the night may be the last match. Who's going to close that show? going to be a long show it's the end of the night i'm thinking it's got to be taker versus triple h that's how i would book it because you got sean out there to get kane out there the mayor you know come on it's a that's big time so we'll see how it goes interesting big picture look though of, of the order of events what kicks off the show and what ends the show two real important tent poles to take a peek at and then uh, everybody's still 
kind of chatting about the Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel event that's coming up in November. Uh, the triple threats have already signed to that. Strowman, Lesnar, and the champ, Roman Reigns. So, uh, and I mentioned this on the show last week. I don't know. If, I wasn't looking for, you know, quote-unquote traction, but if you're going to try to throw one more big uh, caveat on that card to a very impressionable uh, 80s and 90s influenced decision makers in Saudi Arabia, why wouldn't you have Hulk Hogan there? So to me, it just makes sense that uh, you'd figure a way to have Hogan on the card, let the folks see him that grew up idolizing him in that part of the world. Does it play in all parts of the world? Hell, I don't know. I don't know. But I think it would be a massive hit with great publicity and build great anticipation in Saudi Arabia if the Hulkster was on the card. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on my mind. As we just addressed, uh, AJ Styles, Samoa Joseph, and the better stories told in WWE for a long time. Not real wild about the home invasion stuff, but God, I am uh, I'm, I am all about the physicality, the storytelling, the passion, and the realism that they have. And, and I've said many times, AJ Styles is arguably the best in-ring performer in the business, bell to bell. And uh, he's also a, a major star in several other areas, including the fact that yeah, he's the cover boy of WWE 2K19, the Deluxe Edition. And for those of you that may not know, you can pre-order the Deluxe Edition now at www.2k.com. Got that? www.2k.com. It's going to be available on Xbox One or PlayStation 4 this Friday, October 5. So uh, don't be left out of that, uh, that scenario because without a doubt, this is the most amazing, diverse, multifaceted video game that uh, 2K and WWE have ever collaborated on. And I've been in a lot of these games. I was the voice of these games with, along with the King for you know many years. Uh, and you see how it's progressed. It's unbelievable. You never say never, kids. Of course, that ties into AJ Styles, a guy like Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio's in this game, big time. Daniel Bryant's return. Ronda Rousey, just never say never, right? So uh, it's a with a renewed fun storytelling and authenticity. Uh, this game will showcase this massive roster of popular WWE superstars, legends, and Hall of Famers. <clears throat> well, most Hall of Famers. Uh, as well as NXT and 205 Live. Uh, all getting represent, representation. That's a, hey, look, seriously, that's a huge deal. A lot of these Young guys and gals grew up playing video games, grew up playing 2K, WWE version, and now they're in it. How cool is that? I love that, those stories. It's a much more responsive gameplay, faster action, uh, new moves all the time, new, some great moves, game modes that are very creative, and they're combined with a deeper storytelling plot uh, and plot twists and turns, surprises, alternate universes, where I reside most of my life, and much more. Make the, they make for the most enjoyable WWE game in years. I don't think they've ever made a better video game than this one. And this is, the, this is it. This is the Mac Daddy, baby. 
So pre-order the deluxe edition now at www.2k.com. So I got a question for you. Do you have what it takes to beat AJ Styles? Players who can defeat the million-dollar tower in WWE 2K19 and cut a persuasive and charismatic promo might have the opportunity, folks, to play against and defeat cover superstar AJ Styles in WWE 2K19 and the opportunity, now get this, kids, to win $1 million during WrestleMania weekend. That's serious money where I come from. Pre-order the game and get the deluxe edition and play as Ronda Rousey, play as Rey Mysterio. So it's all going to be, it's just so many facets. We'll be talking more about it here in the next few weeks. So as my man Stone Cold might say, the bottom line here is you want to pre-order the deluxe edition now. Remember the, uh, the Addy, www.2k.com. I mentioned it's available on Xbox One or PlayStation 4. This Friday, October the 5th, circle the date, get her done, and enjoy the fun with WWE 2K. I certainly appreciate 2K Sports joining our team of advertisers. Hey, look, I could talk about those dudes all day. They, they were great. To, they have been great. They are great to me and my family. Uh, I know the people there, Bryce Shang and all those guys that work very diligently. They're wrestling fans. They're, des- they're designing games for wrestling fans. All these different modes. When I read the booking of this thing, the storytelling of this game, I was blown away. And you will be too. And that brings us to one of our fun parts of the show, Slobber Knocker of the Week. A lot of people doing a lot of good things out there. Now, rem- oh, by the way, uh, speaking of good things, Part two of our cowboy conversation, the big cowboy Bill Watts. Uh, you're hearing me as a fanboy. He's my mentor. He's one of my heroes. Even as a kid, as a wrestling fan, he was one of my heroes. So uh, excuse me for that if I'm not professional all the time. And someday I will learn how to pronounce uh, Marty Sherl. No, it's Skrull. Is it Sherl? Is it Squirrel? Jeez, I can't win for losing, kids. Uh, but the Cowboys still coming along here, but, and he's a slobber knocker of the week. Anytime let's uh, take a look at some of the nominees. A lot of it is from things that I saw this weekend. I thought the gorillas of destiny had a hell of a night. They won the tag titles and the young bucks. That ain't easy. And man, what a great match they had. So much drama, amazing story, old school logic with, uh, contemporary uh, thought processes and structure. Really, really good. And it shows me that uh, the Tongans can be as good as they want to be. They're, they're, there's, there's no limits physically on these kids. And, of course, the Young Bucks, is, they just recreated tag team wrestling by and large. And uh, they're extraordinary. So great outing. The fans in Long Beach love that one. Uh, those guys on the, on the short list are Slobber Knocker of the Week. Uh, Jeff Cobb, another on the short list. Jeff's one of my favorites because he's just a physical beast of a human being with a the heart of gold a lot of class good professional but he won the ring of honor tv championship this past week uh then he was on the uh winning team the six-man tag at the fighting spirit unleashed event on on sunday and it uh, looked like he's going to have a little issue with hiroki goto which would be nice to to follow that won't be ballet so a good job for the over the weekend for jeff Cobb. great successes uh Certainly wanted to reach out and say uh, one of the candidates for this award this week 
uh, without me goofing around, is uh, the New York Mets captain, David Wright. Uh, he's coming, he came back after a serious back and leg injuries. He played in ML games this past weekend after almost two years. But he's retiring. So he, 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 wanted, back, he wanted to go out on the field as a player, not as a, uh, somebody on injured reserve. And I got a lot of respect for a guy like that. So uh, great send-off. The crowd was sold at the city field, sold out. Uh, just uh, really uh, refreshing. So uh, congratulations to David Wright, New York Mets. I know a former WWE writer, uh, Brian Gerwertz, uh, kept me informed of that, uh, those developments because I followed Brian on Twitter. And Brian is a big Mets fan. Continue to look at our, our list of uh, candidates uh, of Slaver Knocker of the Week. Uh, also includes another football player, quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, Chicago Bears. He only threw six touchdown passes uh, last week in the victory of the Tampa Bay Bucks. And you just hope for the sake of the game of football that the Chicago Bears are back. The Chicago Bears are are a part of the basic fabric of the National Football League, much like the, all, the, all the other school franchises. Packers, Lions, all those old school Giants. You get the drift. And it's good for the Bears to be good. Uh, so congratulations to uh, Mr. Trubisky on his six-touchdown performance. It's good the Chicago Bears are back competitive in the National Football League. It's healthy for the league. Uh a reoccurring uh, guest here on our program, Cody Rhodes, certainly deserves some recognition. He won the United States title Sunday in uh, in Long Beach uh, in a really good match with Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson's getting better and better and better. Has nothing to be ashamed of. His best days are ahead of him without a question. They told a great story. It was believable. It was it was it was plausible, and I didn't roll my eyes. So I just thought it was just really well done. And so Cody's now the U.S. champion as of Sunday. He's the NWA heavyweight champion as of All In. And from what I hear around the uh, campus, uh, All In 2's certainly on plates. Where's, when it's going to be served, don't know. But it's certainly uh, somebody's in the kitchen making something. So uh, Cody, uh, big candidate for this award, the Slobber Knocker of the Week. Uh, he'll be uh, in a big match on Monday night uh, in New Japan King of Pro Wrestling with Omega and Ibushi three-way for the IWGP heavyweight title. So Cody had a good weekend, good weekend, and a great performance on, on Sunday specifically. But our Slobber Knocker of the Week, I can't pass this up because he's like not honoring Babe Ruth. be like honoring Lou Gehrig, Satahara O, some famous ball player. Talking about Bruno San Martino. Bruno's birthday is Saturday. He would have been 83. He passed away on April the 18th. The WWE Hall of Famer, one of the most honorable men in the history of pro wrestling. You hear Cowboy Bill Watts talk a lot of stories about Bruno and probably some more today. But uh, I just couldn't let it slip by without honoring respectfully uh, the legendary Bruno San Martino, who is, ladies and gentlemen, the slobber knocker of the week. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mess. Oh, son of a bitch! I certainly hope you're enjoying the show this week, folks. Thank you very much for subscribing wherever you get your uh, slobber knocker audio. We appreciate your subscribing. We appreciate your five-star reviews and ratings, comments, 
all that good stuff helps us a lot. And uh, remember, the Cowboys coming up soon. And uh, all, all, this is a quick reminder somebody said about the Slobberknocker book. It's still in hardcover. You know, we'll have our books available in uh, on the cruise. We'll have them in uh, when we do our Cleveland show. More on that coming up soon. I just got some information on that. That's going to happen. Uh, and um, and at Russell Cade, there'll be books there and other other JR stuff. So uh, keep those things in mind. But the book is still available in hardcover uh, at Amazon.com. Real simple. Amazon.com is your, your spot, without a doubt. Which leads us into uh, the uh, Pet Coon Goofy Award. Now, boy, folks, there's understand this. When I created the Pet Coon Goofy Award, I did it with humor in mind, or a little tongue-in-cheek. It was interesting, and I don't know if this is how goofy this is, but uh, on Monday night in Seattle, Elias, I am Elias and uh, Kevin Owens, uh, pissed off the crowd in Seattle with their uh, obligatory pro basketball franchise reminder that the Seattle Supersonics have now been called the Oklahoma City Thunder. A lot of booze. A sensitive button, shall we say. Didn't think it was Pet Coon Goofy. Some did. He got a nomination, so it's on my sheet. I think that the NFL, we said this last week, they won our award last week. NFL Rules Committee. Trying to figure out what the hell roughing the passer is or isn't. They don't know. It's a crapshoot. I see uh, the Browns and the, and the Raiders at big game on Sunday night. I saw the highlights because I was in Long Beach working. They, they overturned a replay uh, on a game-ending first down. You'd think they'd have all the stuff that they need to get this right. And I don't think they got it right. Browns punt. Game continues. Raiders capitalize. Raiders win 45-42. And... Uh, Gives the Raider Nation a lot of a lot of pleasure, a lot of happiness. And John Gruden finally got a win, his first one this season, and his first win, I think, in like since two thousand eight or something. Long time. Chucky. But Chucky's a ten million dollar man. Remember that. Everybody's got a price for the ten million dollar man. Uh Earl Thomas gotta be on any list of silliness. Earl took his case to the public on his wanting to be traded, wanting more money. It's not about the money I want to get out of here. It's all about the money, Earl. Come on, buddy. Brother. Uh-uh, as Gordon Sully would say. Well, Earl Thomas is uh, just saddled up and right out of town with a broken leg. Uh-uh. That would be Gordon Sully talking about Earl Thomas. So, uh, Earl, calm down, buddy. You got to get over that broken leg now. That's your first priority. Uh, and also then... You're not going to have trouble finding work. You're too good. You're letting the system play you a little bit. You're, you're selling too much. There's a difference in selling too much, Earl, and registering. You should register when something is erroneous in your mind's eye. But do you sell it like you got hit with a Brock Lesnar right hand? Maybe not. Not a good fit for you, pal. And you're too good a player for that. But the winner of the Pet Coon Goofy Award, ladies and gents, goes to the powerful United States Ryder Cup team who got their rich asses handed to them, woodshedded, embarrassed, just got our ass beat. I don't know that these rich dudes that are going over there that feel entitled, they got all their you know, Nike money, this, that, and the other, I don't know if they have a sense of urgency. I don't think they really give a damn. 
maybe the edge of that particular uh, team, that competition, wore off. I don't know. So uh, it didn't do a lot of favors for uh, Phil and Tigers at pay-per-view uh, matches or match or pay-per-view they're going to do or match play, whatever the hell it is that's going to happen. I said to somebody the other day, the only way they can resurrect that now after how those guys have, have how these guys have uh, do do the sheets is the fact that they need to have a verbal confrontation. And Phil needs to undress Tiger like he's, who do you think you are, you adulting pill popper? <laughs> so, uh, embarrassing. Much like our soccer team that didn't make the World Cup, right? How embarrassing is that? What are we doing here? Don't make me get into amateur sports and clean this shit up. Let me tell you that right now, all right? I'll take over that Ryder Cup team in a heartbeat, and then I'll take on the damn soccer, and I never played golf in my life but a few times, and that was horrible. I gave my clothes away the last time I was on a golf course. They were going into the trash can in a dumpster. Sort of got the true story. And this guy says, what are you going to do with those golf clubs? I'm throwing the son of bitches away because I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with the golf. So uh, I gave him my clubs. And I'd already thrown my foot joy size 11 red, white, and blue shoes into the water, so I was barefooted. I really was quite the mess. No more golf for JR. So uh, point being is that we need to be more competitive. That's what I'm saying. So uh, congratulations, Ryder Cup team. You dudes are pet coon goofy. Well, he's back in Pennsylvania, at least for a few hours. And my partner from uh, Sunday night's big event in Long Beach, Kevin Kelly, joins us. Kevin, first of all, I mentioned this on social media, uh, but I want to tell you that uh, I just had a great time working with you. I thought you were, you, were, you did terrific. And I don't know of anybody else that could have stepped in on, on the notice that you got and, and done uh, anything close to what you did. So thank you for propping me up and carrying me along. Well, thank you. And uh, I, it was... Again, uh, I don't know if you've told this story on air, but I would be glad to share it, that it was your recommendation that when, you know, Josh had the conflict with his fighter, um, you were asked, uh, and rightfully so, hey, who would you like to work with? And the story I was told by you and by the, you know, staff at Access was, well, you said me. So I can't thank you enough for that, and thank you for thinking highly enough of me of that, uh, you know, that you and I have always been you know, we're in this generation together. Right. And for us to be able to call matches now in 2018, almost 20 years removed from the last time that we worked together, in a, in a different company uh, for an international brand in, in the state of California, <laughs> broadcast live on the Internet, and to be repurposed on a national cal- uh, cable television show five days later, to me, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, so, it's, a, it's a hell of a journey, isn't it? Yes. And if we hadn't lived it, it would be too weak to write because it's just, it's, oh, that couldn't happen. Oh, that's not, that's not realistic. That's not, right. that's not reality television. No, that really is reality television. And, and, uh, but nonetheless, I had a great time and uh, you were uh, wonderful. Uh, we had, I, I learned a lot. Uh, and according to some on that follow me on Twitter, or I, they actually don't think they follow me, but they were saying that, uh, I should count my lucky stars. That, oh, uh, yeah. that you were in the, in the at the booth and that you saved my ass. So well, if that's yeah, their opinion and that's how they felt, then good. So that means they must have enjoyed the broadcast. And that's really all I cared about anyway. Enjoy the broadcast. Right. That's it. And and the reason that, um, 
you know, you're hired by Access is because you're talking to a, a different audience, a um, a more casual audience with the New Japan brand. Uh, and Josh, with his MMA background, he's there because that's what Access broadcasts. It's the right team for that channel. Um, but with this sort of blended broadcast, live on World, and then, you know, tape delayed on Access, it was a good chance for us to kind of blend our world. Yeah, It's an avenue we should be exploring more because... I think it's foolish that there's two separate teams. It should just be one big team. We're, we're seeing that so much in the wrestling world now with uh, who cares what promotion, you know, everybody can work for everybody. You know, if you, if you want to work for New Japan, you want to work for this company, that company, hey, let's do it. So I think that's kind of where we should be broadcaster-wise, and it shouldn't be us versus them. It should be all of us together uh, with one big broadcast. I agree. I think that there's a lot of... Uh shared resources and shared assets that can be utilized by everybody involved. Uh, I also, you know, I, I'll just, I'll tell you, and you not talked about it, but, uh, just here publicly, you know, I'm, I'm really motivated to see if a, it, it can be worked out where I can be a part of the presentation for wrestle kingdom. Uh, it's a, you know, I, I, I was there as a broadcaster with Shivani back in I think 91, maybe, uh, with, uh, Flair and, uh, and uh, Fujinami saga over the NWA title. I was there at Wrestle Kingdom 9 with Matt Stryker, which, and I, I just was blown away at uh, how much fun that was. Even though I think the truck forgot we were there, it was still a fun show to do, and it just was terrific. So that would be kind of a bucket list thing for me for for uh, to be a part of the broadcast in some way, whatever that would be. Hell, I don't know. A lot of cooks in the kitchen here, Kevin, you know? Yeah, I know. There's quite a few. Uh, we need we need fewer cooks, and we need more entrees being served. But that's <laughs> another story for another time. Yeah. But it, you know, to have to have Jim Ross part of Wrestle Kingdom is the is a big no brainer. And I told you this the other day. It uh, how could we not have you on the big show and other big shows throughout the year? Now, listen, I don't know if you feel like schlepping around all over the country like I enjoy doing. <laughs> <laughs> going to Beppu on September 17th, you know, for example. Um, it, but, but you know, whether it's Tokyo, Osaka, big event, uh, you know, obviously the Dome is, is preeminent. G1 and, tournament? Uh, yeah, d- finals of the G1, maybe Dominion and Osaka. There you go. Uh, and and Wrestle Kingdom. I don't, uh, see, the, I was telling, I had lunch today here in Los Angeles with, with my erstwhile manager, Barry Bloom. Mm, and Mr. I said, Barry. yeah, and, and, and Barry's, you know, managed a lot of uh, talents over the years, of uh, much bigger scope than I. Uh, but I told him, I said, you know, Barry, I'm 66. I feel great. I'm trying to take care of myself. Uh, my, my physical health is good. As far as I know, my mental health is pretty good. No, no worse, no better than ever has been. Uh, and, but I'm not getting any younger bottom line. So what are we waiting on? Let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's be aggressive and, 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 and look for opportunities where I can do what I love to do. It's not a matter of OJR chasing that one last payday, Kevin. He's not that one. It's a matter of you live your life, and my life has always in the last 40-something years been about wrestling in some shape, form, or fashion. I want that to continue in some way. And if that's so wrong, then shame on me. I always said, and I think entrepreneurs or, uh, you know, people who have a passion for what they do would probably all say this same thing. 
if I won the Powerball tomorrow, $300 million, and I never had to worry about money again, would I still get up and do what I did every day? Well, I probably wouldn't go into an office, but I guarantee you I'd be doing something I'd want to do. Yes. So, and why can't we all live like that? Uh, there's, there's no harm in it at all. But you just, we just have to work through the process of these many cooks and these several kitchens yep. and, you know, the language barrier and the menu selection, and we'll get there. We will get there, no doubt about it, my friend. You know, Kevin, uh, our work will be on display on Friday night on Access TV. I don't know exactly how long the broadcast is going to be. I know it's going to be three-plus hours, uh, but that's going to be another testament to the commitment that uh, Mark Cuban's network has made to help build the brand of New Japan Pro Wrestling in North America. Again, a it's the perfect guy to bring this type of product to light. Um, and you always want to bring like-minded people together. So um, if Mark Cuban and, and the leadership ownership of, of New Japan Pro Wrestling could all get in a big room together and talk about stuff, uh, I'm sure they could figure out solutions for a lot of, you know, a lot of future things. But, yep. yeah, I think three and a half was what we clocked in with by the time the main event was, was all done and finished. And we can avoid spoilers, but it was... Uh, no spoils in saying that it was a much more physically intense matchup than even I anticipated. Mm. I thought so. the show from top to bottom, to be honest with you, of all the ones that I've done uh, for Access TV, was uh, the best show from top to bottom that, that I've been a part of. Just from mm-hmm. a fan's uh, from a, an enjoyment uh, standpoint. I tell people this sometimes. If I get thrown for a loss for words on how to describe somebody, either, uh, you know, it could be me having a, an old man moment, I guess, but it may be that I'm not motivated. It may be that they're not moving me into the direction that I should be traveling. Maybe that's not all on me. Maybe that's on the presentation as well, because guys like you and I, the, the less we know about the proceedings, the better we do in the, in the story. So, uh, that's one great thing about that show on on, uh, on Sunday there in Long Beach. You know, I had not one ounce of evidence of nothing. So I had no, I didn't precondition myself. I didn't say, oh, that's not good booking. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Why were they doing that? Right. You know, the uh, only thing, the only thing that we knew was the placement of the VTRs. Right. <laughs> uh, All right. And, and a hope that somebody, you know, Danny boy was going to count us in and get us out. Other than that. It was pretty much on us. Yeah, Danny, um, Zach, and the whole crew. To, all their all their uh, M, Friday night MMA crew was on hand, and and you know they're getting they're getting better at shooting wrestling too. The, wrestling is not like shooting MMA. Well, it should be. It's the same. You know, no, come on, easy, easy there, Spielberg. It ain't the same. Everything like I, we told the crew after the show, everything looked great in the monitors yep. from us sitting in ringside. Yeah, it was fun, fun um, show to do. You and I got a lot of great compliments from the folks that follow you on at Real Kevin Kelly and me at at JRSBBQ on Twitter. I know you thank them as I do, uh, but you know I, I I just said look, we just had fun. Kevin and I had a good time. Mm-hmm. We kept the we kept the ship in, uh, above water. We got the rudder in the water. We got to where we needed to be. Uh, and when it needed to be another bottom of the ninth call, they got a bottom of the ninth call. If, if everything's a bottom of the ninth, they cease meaning a damn thing. Right. I was very happy with the time that we were afforded to to react at the end of the Juice Robinson-Cody match. And again, no spoilers. Mm-hmm. 
But when you start to ask questions about what the significance of a win or a loss is for one of the competitors, and you can really delve into that during a live broadcast, man, that's great kind of gut-level reaction. And I've gotten some real good feedback from fans on that. Like, I, I wouldn't have thought you guys would have gone there, but it was so right that you went there. It was funny, uh, Brian Alvarez and uh, the Brian and Vinny show, which is very entertaining, uh, on uh, Dave Meltzer's website. Uh, they uh, they came to our defense, my defense, more specifically because you know Brian went on a rant, which is hilarious. If you hadn't heard that show, you should, you should check it out. It's absolutely a, a gem of spontaneous humor, and the tone and inflection that Brian and uh, and Vinny uh, you hear from them is great audio. Whether you agree with their philosophy or not is irrelevant. You're going to enjoy the sound of this t- of this radio show. So, but they were talking about. I guess I think one time I confused yo and show. And hey, look, if you just said to me, "Hey, share that now." Remember, show is in gold and yo is in silver, or whatever. Uh, I'd have said, "Well, thanks." I wouldn't bother me, but you didn't do that because out of respect. I get that too, and I appreciate that as well. So I mixed up yo and show once, and for some damn reason, Kevin, I don't understand. Maybe it's just my Oklahoma drawl. I don't know if it's Bell's palsy. It's my lack of concentration. I don't have a damn clue. I can't find an excuse that makes any sense. Why well, can't say uh, uh, Marty Scurll? It's Scurll. 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 And I, I tell you, I'm not, this is no bullshit. I, I, I practice Scurll in the afternoon just to myself. Thought I had it. I go in the air and I can't spit it out to save my soul. So, but those are just human errors. I don't think it has anything to do with senility uh, or unfor- being prepared. And the other thing that pisses me off. And I know uh, you, you you couldn't tolerate it either because why would you? It's when they say you don't care about the brand. That's the biggest crock of horse shit I've ever heard in my life. Right. Well, and the other the other tack to take, you know, as we talked about was, you know, with juice, it's just, just get off social media entirely and tune out all that negativity and don't deal with it. Right. Because there's it's a double-edged sword. You're gonna you're gonna get praise, you're gonna get critique, and you're gonna get just outright ignorance and hate. Um, so if, if if compartmentalizing it becomes a challenge and becomes a strain, get rid of it in your life. Cut it out of your life. I mean, the, that's uh, that's the thing. I for I had the same problem in ROH with Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards, who were a team and wrestled singular, you know, in singles matches too. Mm-hmm. I transposed their names all the damn time. Edward to be in the ring, I'd call him Richards and vice versa. It drove me crazy. It became a mental block. <laughs> I was right. so happy when both guys left the territory, I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> being on the ground, man, and being there, I can't argue anybody's point there. Well, Kevin's there, and he knows more about it. He is there. And, yes, he does know more about it than me. What else do you want me to confirm? Uh, and so the point is is that doing it on a TV screen in a, in a, in a little studio is a hell of a lot different than sitting at ringside. So tough but i i i, I had, it was a good week i had a, i drank a lot of damn coffee kevin that's what i'm saying yeah you probably did and i knew that if i would have had to do that those shows yesterday uh it would have been you know lots of coffee and lots of struggle and lots of hope please boost my volume as loud as it can. yeah that's right i gotta will myself through this that's right um you know we did that through the g1 it was like 19 shows like my voice held my voice held through all of them oh. but there were some days where it was like Oh, okay. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. A lot of great talent in New Japan right now. Uh, I thought the uh, physicality in Long Beach was uh, really off the page and very consistent. 
and the matches uh, were uh, nuanced enough to give them all a little bit of an identity, even though I heard some people complaining that, well, there's three matches that went in the eight-minute range. I have no idea what that means. That means they were between seven and nine minutes, right? Right. Eight minutes. What does it, what does it matter? So, uh, but anyway, I, I thought it was a, a real physical show. It seems like these guys really lay their stuff in, uh, even as pronounced as they do if they were in the uh, sumo hall. They give you everything they got when their bell rings. It's amazing. It is a, uh, it's hitting hard in safe spaces. At least that's the, that's the effort. That's the attempt. Mm-hmm. So, um, make it look, I mean, Cowboy stressed that, right? Yep. It was, you, uh, that was what you had to do in order to keep a job. And with New Japan and the wrestlers there, they're, they're trying to get over. They're trying to get themselves over, trying to get the brand over. And, and they're doing it with a unique style. You and I both agree that moves on the head and on the neck mm-hmm. need to be lessened de- and uh, de-emphasized as much as possible. Stories uh, like when you can see a Zack Sabre Jr. wrestle, uh, Tanahashi and Okada, a uh, even an Ibushi to a certain extent, you're going to see much more drama. Um, and it's you know it's rare to think, oh, Ibushi, he's a crazy flip guy, right? Well, no, not necessarily. I think at his core, and we talked about it on the air, a little bit of struggle for which philosophy of wrestling. But I think deep in his heart, he wants to be like a Tanahashi and be more of, of that, of course, Shakespearean, as opposed to the drop on the head. There was the the joke was during the G1 that the a block was the safe block, and the B block was the kill yourself and drop your drop yourself on your head block. <laughs> so it was just they put all the lunatics together in B, and you know we saw some of those matches. There are those that would say the B block was better than the A, but then there were others that would say, "Well, I prefer the Okada Tanahashi style, and that's what I liked better." The uh, cultivation of some of these uh, young cats there in New Japan is impressive. Uh, short list. And I said this before in this program that if I was running a wrestling company and I had to compile a short list that might not be com- the, the, you know, the realistic short list, uh, it would, the short list would include Jay White and it would include, uh, our, our man from Virginia, uh, Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now that's not the only people on the list, but they, they're always on any list I think of, of guys that I would like to, uh, you know, be able to be around more uh, if I was, but I, of course I'm. This is fantasy booking. I'm not be playing fantasy NFL, but if I was fantasy booking, they would be on my fantasy team. And I think that you would agree that they have both have bright futures and and uh, for the long haul, they're fundamentally sound and they got good presence. Uh, I like their. I like both guys a lot. Both guys were the youngest. Uh, both made their G1 tournament debuts this year. They were both the youngest in the tournament. They're one year apart, uh, 26 and 25 respectively, 26 and 27 now when the, you know, after their birthdays. And if you're buying the groceries and cooking the meal, uh, you want to pick the freshest ingredients. That's it. So, yeah, you can't do much, much wrong with picking Hangman Page and Switchblade Jay White uh, first and often, um, and athletes like them. So they, because you're, you're a blended roster stars that are ready to go now and stars that are your champion in five years. Mm-hmm. You gotta, ha- you gotta have a little of both. Yes, sir, man. Hey, you know, I also, uh, shook hands regretfully now 
uh, after the fact with uh, Harry Francis Smith, oh. a.k.a. Davy Boy Jr. I like him and Archer a lot as a tag team. I, I, they're big and impressive. They're athletic. They're not Clydesdales. They can move around. They got the, they got a great aggressive temperament that you can believe. And uh, I just they're they're a really good team. And and the fact that Harry, aka Davy Junior. Bulldog Junior. Uh, he's he's just starting to really evolve. He's a late bloomer a little bit. One might say. I don't know. I could say that. But yeah. but he's getting there, man. He is impressive. Really impressive. And it's the, you know, they have all the earmarkings. Now, again, when, when you were tasked with finding uh, top guys to work with, albeit, you know, hey, Stone Cold or top tag teams to bring in, and if KES was on the market, I guarantee you, you probably would have reached out and called them. Yep. Because they had, imagine them against the Dudleys, imagine them against the Hardys or Edge and Christian, yep. the teams that you were mm. booking for at that time. There's money on all sides of that. Um, and Archer, of course, is, even though you wouldn't know it by looking at him, closer to 40-plus than, you know, than certainly Harry, who's in his early 30s. But I think both guys, especially Archer, has got a lot of fuse left on oh, the yeah. stick of dynamite. Yeah, that's the tag, uh, the tag life fits both those guys right now very well, the tag life with each other. And uh, they're in a good spot. And speaking of tags, uh, I thought that the Gorillas of Destiny, uh, Tama and Loa, that's short for Tama Tonga folks. I got their names. I got it written down in my book here. Uh, I know who they are. Uh, I'm being a wise ass. But yeah. I thought that the uh, the Tongans and the Young Bucks uh, had a classical tag team match. They had great drama. Uh, I mean, edgier seat stuff, an amazing psychologically sound story. And uh, I'm a big fan of the Young Bucks for a lot of reasons. Their entrepreneurship and their family life being one of them, or two of them. I appreciate and respect both those elements in their lives. But, man, the, I don't think I've ever seen the, the G.O.D. look any better. They were aggressive. Uh, you know, you know they, were, they were fast. They had the sudden, the sudden step. Kevin, they just look like as good as any tag team around period they and and again in the uh you know of course as we all know and all the fans would say that oh everything in wrestling is is fake predetermined it's all nonsense well there's some things that that especially tamatanga carries with him quite personally and it's it's an if you disrespect them or the family then you are going to motivate them to go out and show everybody just how good they are. And that was what Tama believed happened. He believed that all these knocks on him, comparing him to the Bucks or Omega or whatever, um, just he said, you know what? I'll show you. I'll show you how good I am. My brother and I are going to show you just how good we are. As soon as they hit the ring on Sunday, Jim, and I saw the way they were hopping around, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. They are freaking ready. I've only seen... I've only seen them like this one other time, and when they did, it was when they beat the they beat War Machine to win back the tag team titles. They just were super motivated on Sunday, and they did it again. Yeah, they had a, they had a fine night, and their dad was at ringside. And I'm sure he enjoyed it. I saw him uh, 
we, everybody said, what do you guys do when you're on these, on these road trips? We go to a lot of exotic places, ladies and gentlemen. When the, when the event was over, we all congregated this real exquisite place called Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes. And we had all kinds of wild wings and other fried delights. Uh-huh. And uh, I think I had Moscow. We were four, maybe five. I don't know. Uh, and we all had a little shot of tequila mm-hmm. because uh, the rainmaker has, that's become his tradition when he comes. They say he doesn't even drink. No. But he comes to the States after the show. He'll have, he'll have that little, little t- the TV crew uh, gets some props. And so thank yous by, from people that it really matters to, to be heard from. And he's that guy. So it's pretty cool. That's the franchise, man. Can't do much better than that. No, boy, he's something else. Uh, well, listen, uh, when are you going to go? You're, you, when are you leaving again? So I leave on Saturday to call King of Pro Wrestling, which is on the ace. And uh, the card is up in totality now at NJPW1972.com. A triple threat match for the IWGP heavyweight title with Omega, Ibushi, and Cody. There's also going to be the finals of the IWGP junior heavyweight title match. Um, Tetsuya Naito announced on social media that there's going to be a new member of Los Ingobernables de Japón making his debut. You know, I, I was just looking uh, I just these voiceovers uh, Monday with Josh. Josh got back into Los Angeles late on uh, Monday morning. And so then we didn't get started until a little bit later in the afternoon on our three shows yesterday on uh, Monday. And uh, uh, I, I was just uh, looking at some stuff and thinking about the the amazing comeback. It's almost like a resurrection for Tanahashi. And I tried to explain to my commentary without going, you know, and, and, and drawing unnecessary ire. He's kind of, uh, Tanahashi is kind of like the John Cena of WWE. He's the guy that kind of jump-started back. And from what I can tell and what Josh tells me, that, you know, the, the New Japan business was at a low, and Tanahashi got hot, and he got promoted well, and he got, quote-unquote, over, and the rest is uh, ticket-selling history. So uh, this story's amazing, isn't it? Because he's no spring chicken, and for him to get back perhaps in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom is uh, pretty phenomenal to me. There's not too many athletes, and but again, you, I'll make the comparison to more of like a, a Tom Brady, because Brady stays in top form as an NFL quarterback, doing all the work behind the scenes that nobody sees, uh, and keeping himself in tip-top shape. Tanahashi had to had to rebuild the house, dealing with massive injuries. Uh, the torn bicep was minor compared to the shoulder tear that he had in the opposite arm. So in 2016, the shoulder, 2017, uh, the knees. And the knees are a chronic issue. It was related to so many high-fly flows and all the years of pounding and wear and tear, never taking time off for even a minor arthroscopic procedure. No, let's tape it up and play. Okay. Well, guess what? Now, you know, he's, the bill is due. And so he is rehabbing his way through all these painful issues. Uh, and puts in the time every day, physical therapy, four or five times a week that we don't ever see. And he comes in in peak form with more hop in his step, more pivot in his hips. His lower half is reacting, whereas before it looked like he was running in mud sometimes. Now he's got some explosion back in his legs. And he's winning with smarts. He used to just out-dazzle and amaze guys, and now, now he wrestles smartly. 
and able to use that veteran expertise of of being you know uh, almost a 20-year pro it's kind of funny watching uh reading the comments from diehard new japan fans it seems like there's a contingent of fans that want at the main event at Wrestle Kingdom to be Omega and Ibushi for the title. And there are others that are even louder about Tanahashi against uh, Omega for the title. I'm kind of in that latter part of that. I kind of like that, see that, see that story continue because it makes you wonder, oh, what if? Could Tanahashi really come back and make this magic comeback with all these injuries? The biggest event of the year, and will this Pollyanna story end with heartache or laughter, celebration, or what have all been for what? I, I just, I don't know. I love those stories. And he's, to me, he's an underdog. So I, I, I don't know. What's your, you have, do you, do you, do you see it that way or am I looking at it too? Yeah. No, because originally when, when the G1 blocks were announced, people said, oh, we're not going to get Omega and Ibushi in the dome. And then, you know, there are stranger things that could happen, but it is very unlikely. So so now it looks like, uh, you know, if Tanahashi is successful, if he can get there, uh, wave of momentum. I was like, hey, sometime in this G1, the bloom's going to fall off the rose. He lost early. He keeps stringing victories along. Somewhere it's going to catch up to him. It never did. Went 7-1-1. One, and one. He's been on a hell of a roll since falling to Jay White. Yeah. And continues to get, uh, better and stronger, getting over, uh, you know, the hurdle with Okada was huge for him. It's going to be a magical story, regardless. Um, and if he can raise those raises up for the eighth time on January 4th in Tokyo Dome, then it would be, I'm sure, all worth it to him for all this work that he has put in over the last few years when Jim, everybody was writing him off. No one, no one thought he would ever be back in the main event scene. And here he is. And here he is, man. What a great story. And it's all, it's just so uh, bona fide. It's so real. And it's just, it's what it is. And, uh, you know, he, he's the kind of guy that probably, uh, my problem, he probably won't be getting his just due until he's gone. And then people are going to look back and say, can you, do you really understand what he did for this company? Do you really understand how he turned the fortunes around and it went from a company uh, operating in the red to a company operating in the black? Do you understand how many lives that affected? Just not only in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in uh, New Japan, but the fans' lives. He gave them hope. He was the kind of guy that represented hope. And this hope now continues to, to perpetuate. And, you know, like we talked about it, January 4th, it could end with a hell of a happy ending and a, and a cause for major celebration. Or it could be we've got to mend a broken heart because he talked ton of just didn't quite make it. Yeah, we used to, you were there when Okada was uh, crying, leaving you know uh, leaving Tokyo Dome yep. as he was being led back. Um, a lot of people said that man, this will be the hurdle Okada can never get over. He'll never be as good as Tanahashi. I think he's answered that question since then. <laughs> there are many fans. I said on the air the other night, you know, there were fans that were crying when Tetsuya Naito mm-hmm. was eliminated from the G1. Mm-hmm. What the two women in the section directly behind me, Jim, uncontrollably sobbing as the hush was over the crowd. <laughs> and I look around and I see this woman and she is heaving tears. Did you go? And then after, I couldn't believe it. Did you go console like, her or anything? 
after the show. <laughs> was, I swear to you, she was still crying. And oh, my God. And she just was had a towel up to her face, and she was trying to gather herself. And I was like, I held out my arms. I said, come here, dear. Gave her a little hug, told her it'd be okay. I was blown away. Never seen anything like that in my life. She wasn't alone. Uh, so, you know, good. the shock factor of Naito not being in the main event, too, is, is uh, you know, is a big one. Okada missing it for the first time is not in the title mix for the first time in seven years. Huge stories. Yeah, big stories. And they continue to evolve. And knowing the uh, business as we both do, uh, nothing's forever. Nothing. No, and when you think you're on the right road, uh, your, your, uh, your driver changes direction. Mm-hmm. But all the destination is still going to lead to January 4th. So that's what that's going to be. Well, listen, man, I would, uh, maybe I'll, I'd love to be there with you. If we get it all worked out, that'd be a cool thing for me. Be a bucket, one of those bucket list things, pal. I can tell you that. It gets my vote. No doubt about it. Well, I would, uh, please, if anyone, if fans are listening, do me a favor. Please tweet at NJPW World and say we would like to hear JR's Barbecue and Real Kevin Kelly at Wrestle Kingdom, please and thank you. Yeah, there That'll you go. There's it. Good. I, I second that emotion. Yeah, man. All right, buddy. Hey, listen, safe travels. I hope you thank get you. I hope you get upgraded. Stay please out, and stay thank out, you. Stay <laughs> out of the stay out of the center. You're you're a Delta Diamond now, right? Oh yes. So you're you got a look you got clout you got some clout there. Safe travels, best of your family. I'm, it was great seeing you. I'm glad you went to Disney World and have a, had a positive report for those that are wondering. Disney World's still there. It's still doing well. And Kevin Kelly was there on Saturday. I was helping the Southern California economy, and yeah, Disney business is, is quite strong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're doing. I think they got a nice concept. Uh, right on. Enjoyed working with you. Let's do it again and uh, safe travels, pal. Thank you very much, Jim. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Because you are one lousy son of a bitch. Oh, no! Well, the time has come to look back at this week in wrestling, kids. Uh, 42 years ago, Madison Square Garden uh, sold out. It was jammed to the rafters, ladies and gentlemen. SRO signs went out early. Will you stop? In the words of Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, the tag team of Billy White Wolf, who became... Sheik Adnan L. Casey. He also wrestled for Oklahoma State University back in the day. Billy White Wolf and Chief Jay Strongbow defeated the executioners, big, large men in masks, who were really John Studd and Killer Kowalski. Talent. A lot of talent there. And then another tag match I thought was kind of cool. Nikolai Volkov and Stan Hansen defeated Gorilla Monsoon and Ivan Putsky by countout. And then finally, I'd love to have seen this one. It's out there. I'm sure it's on the WWE Network someplace. Bruno defeated uh, Bruiser Brody in a Texas death match, which is very unusual. Well, not very. It was unusual for a Texas death match to happen in the garden. So, uh, interesting card 42 years ago, loaded with Hall of Famers. Loaded. That's kind of the point I was trying to make here. Uh, 21 years ago, 97, Bad Blood. St. Louis, great wrestling town. Sam Munchnick's town, the former uh, head honcho of the NWA. Uh, Mr. Sam uh, was there. I don't know he was there some of those. He was aware of some of those shows. But nonetheless, the point I'm making here in, on October the 5th, 1997, it was the first ever 
Hell in a Cell match. And I don't know there's been a better one. This one uh, featured Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. And uh, Shawn was able to pin The Undertaker uh, in that match to earn a title shot at Survivor Series, which became the Montreal Screwjob. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. Another interesting event that happened in October, October the 8th, Conseco Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Uh, and that was the night that Stone Cold defeated Kurt Angle to begin Austin's final reign, 2001, as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. A significant reign started on that night. And not too long after that, Stone Cold was uh, out. Injury, bad neck. 16 years ago, on October the 7th, 2002, uh, we had an event called uh, Monday Night Raw. Remember that one? And in the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, uh, all the matches were determined by the raw roulette wheel. I remember going to the production meeting several weeks before that. Or seemed like it was. Week, two weeks, maybe, three or three. And uh, Vince needed a name for that. And we had a bunch of creative people there. And so I blurted out raw roulette, and the meeting was over. Short meeting, name work, got lucky. But uh, one of the great uh, matches, there are a lot of good matches on there, uh, and some absurd, some funny stuff, some great comedy. Uh, William Regal defeated Goldust in a, sure, a showgirl match. Think about that, baby. That was funnier than hell. Uh, of course, one of Lawler's favorites that night was Trish and Stacey Keeler in a bra and panties match. Lord. If you said puppies once, you might have said it 20 times. Can't say it too much for me. And, of course, King was on that card as well. He defeated Stevie Richards in an It's Legal in Nevada match. You're saying, what does that mean, JR? I have no idea. I don't remember. I do remember a great four-way tag team matchup. Well, it was almost the four teams. Kane represented his tag team by himself uh, in a four-way TLC match. Jericho and Christian, those damn Dudleys, and the team of Jeff Hardy and Rob Van Dam. And uh, that match was uh, gold. I think it was later nominated as WWE's match of the year for 2002. So they did a good job there. And we'll close this week in wrestling with another look at a Hell in a Cell situation. This one in uh, 2010. American Airlines Center in Dallas. My good friend Mark Cuban's building. Home of the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Daniel Bryant retained the United States title. In a triple threat match, submissions count anywhere match. Good Lord. Can we just add some more stipulations? A triple threat, submissions count anywhere match against uh, The Miz and John Morrison, who, by the way, happy birthday wishes to John Morrison, 39 years old on Wednesday, October 3rd. Well, many of you are hearing this program for the very first time. If you hear it before Wednesday, there's something wrong. That's spooky. Uh... Randy Orton in a Hell in a Cell match uh, uh, retained his title, WWE title against Sheamus. Uh, Kane retains the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in a Hell in a Cell match against his brother, The Undertaker. At some point, the Hell in a Cell uh, franchise meant more when we saw it fewer times. When you see the Hell in a Cell multiple times a year, Notwithstanding multiple times in a mat in a card, 
it kind of loses its shine. I think that's what it's done to some degree. But all I can tell you is that I've called a lot of Hell in a Cell matches. Obviously, the most memorable match was Undertaker and Mick Foley in Pittsburgh 20 years ago. But I, don't, I think the best actual match was Sean and Taker in the first one. And there's something to be said about being the first. And they were just exceptional. And nobody has taught that performance since, in my opinion. Well, now let's go to some happy birthdays Do you. Happy birthday, you dirty dog. Happy birthday uh, to these fall- falling folks. Interesting list here this fo- week, folks. I mean, really uh, eclectic birthdays. Remember Max Payne? Man Mountain Rock? That's son of a gun. He's 58 years old today on Wednesday. Uh, former WWE Tag Team Champion Danny Basham, one half of the Basham brothers. He'll be 41. On Thursday... The late Chief Jay Strongbow, who would have been 90 years old on Thursday. Can you believe that? The Chief. He had a nickname for everybody. He called Vince Caesar. Uh, he called uh, Kurt Hennig, Dennis the Menace. Everybody had a nickname. And I was a redneck just because of Oklahoma. But at least I got a nickname, right? Uh, Linda McMahon's birthday is on Thursday. Linda will be 70. She looks great. The director of the Small Business Administration in the United States. She's in the cabinet of the Donald. On Friday, the still beautiful Terry Runnels will be a 52 years young, and she looks like she's about 35, maybe. She was my makeup artist when I first started at WCW. She did Larry King's makeup for the Larry King Show. You remember Larry King. Simon & Schuster is a book. The publisher is somebody else, and uh, I'm drunk. Uh, so Terry was his makeup artist, and she they got her to freelance do our makeup. Shivani and me and whoever else was on camera that week, David Crockett. And uh, she was just a breath of fresh air. And, but she loved the wrestling business. And, uh, you know, she had a great look. Still does. So she uh, she migrated from a cozy little comfortable makeup job to becoming Alexander York uh, and the head honcho of the York Foundation. Then she became, uh, you know, Goldust's. Well, she was, she was married, but they were great together. When they first got in WWE, they were one of the hottest acts that uh, we had. And did really well. I really was really happy for their success in that in that po- in that point in time. So happy birthday, Terry! Look forward to seeing you again somewhere down the road. As I mentioned, our sovereign rocker of the week, Bruno San Martino, would have been eighty three years old on Saturday. Uh, former Impact Wrestling's chairwoman, president, and chief strategy officer, Dixie Carter, fifty four. Had lunch with Dixie uh, in Nashville not too long ago. Talked a little business. Talked a little catching up. She looks great. Nice lady. I always like Dixie. And former WWE superstar at Manu, uh, now known as Alpha Jr., will be 34 on Saturday. On Sunday, his real name is Terrence Romney Guerin. Terrence Romney Guerin. You know him as Rhino. 43 years old on Sunday. Happy birthday, Rhino. Caitlin be 32 on Sunday. She's competing in the May Young Classic, and she's a real powerhouse. I, I like her. 
I don't know. I don't know what happened the first go round. Don't care. It doesn't matter. Does it really matter? She's there now, getting an opportunity. She's wanting to be there. So, and damn, she looks good, strong, physical, and also WWE superstar Aiden English will be thirty-one. He's a young pup on Sunday. On Monday, the Miz will be thirty-eight. He's done as much. I didn't. I thought Miz had a bright future when I first met him as a manager, as maybe a broadcaster, something along those lines. He has far exceeded the expectations that I had for him as an in-ring performer because he gets it. He knows what he's got to do to work with what he brings to the table. His tool, his toolbox has certain tools in it. He knows where they are. He knows what they are, and he utilizes them. So I, I'm a big fan of uh, Mike Mazanin, uh, and I am happy that he's had great success. He's got a beautiful wife and a beautiful little girl, and uh, he's he they're all healthy, and he's making money. She's making money. Not a bad life. So have a birthday, Miz, on Monday. And on Tuesday coming up, uh, former WWE Women's Champion Rockin' Robin, the uh, sister of Jake the Snake and Sam Houston. She'll be 54. The late Eddie Guerrero. Can you believe that Eddie's birthday is going to be this Tuesday? He would have been 51. 51. Can you imagine all these other cats going to Australia and Saudi and you know, on the on the seniors tour, where do you think Eddie would fit in that whole picture? He could probably still outwork anybody on the roster, or as good as anybody on the roster, without a doubt. And the aforementioned WWF Hardcore Champion, probably many times over because everybody had it for a while. I think me and Howard Finkel, the only guys that weren't the Hardcore Champion in that one era. But Stevie Richards, forty-seven years old, bright cat, high IQ, high character dude. Uh, we, we appreciate his efforts when he was working for us. Uh, he's still a good dude. So that's uh, the birthdays this week. Happy birthday, everybody. Uh, and uh, remember, good old JR's got the cake. You've got mail. Moving right along here, folks. Uh, good show today. Well, glad you're with us. Appreciate you telling your friends about our program. Our, our little podcast grows every week. We get more downloads, more, more regulars, and more people subscribing, which you can do for free. I never understood if you can su subscribe for free and it's automatically downloaded into the device of your choice. Why wouldn't you? It helps us cost you nothing. It's always there. You can listen to it whenever you want. And if you don't want to listen to it, guess what? You just hit delete. Like Matt Hardy says, delete, delete, delete. Uh, mailbag time, everybody. Remember you can email us. Producer Ted reads all these emails religiously. He loves hearing from you because he's kind of a lonely guy. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com is your address. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. I love your questions, your comments, your suggestions, whatever it may be. Unless you want to email Ted and tell him that I misidentified Yo and Show at the Fighting Spirit event on Sunday. He's very sensitive about my welfare. From Jeremy Forehand in Mississippi. Hello, JR, longtime fan. Met you in New Orleans during your book signing last year. I talked to you about my cancer diagnosis. I do remember that. I always appreciated your kind words. I'm doing very well now. Outstanding. Still working toward getting cancer free, but thank you. Thank you for touching base. 
I wondered though, what was your favorite impression? What 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 impression do you do that, that's your favorite? Uh, I'm partial to Jim Barnett. My boy, my boy Jeremy. <laughs> or uh, I love those cheekbones. And then there was, of course, he likes Ernie because I'd rather fat a man than make love to a woman. That's what we find out at the OU Texas game this weekend. You find out that people would rather fight a man than equal love to a woman and win that damn football game. I do like uh, uh, Jeremy, Terry Funk. I don't do him enough. Because I'm a fat bastard. That's why, Ross, you ignorant Oklahoma son of a bitch. Wow. Where'd that come from? Uh, Stu, the great Stu Hart. You know, he's got that uh, little story. Uh, I'm just thinking about how I'm going to name you in a moment. Uh, I could break your arm in seven ways. With two fingers. Hello, Stu. Good man. So a lot of it's fun. It's all in fun, Jeremy. It's all in fun, quite frankly. Kenneth in Vider, Texas. Want us to know that's outside Beaumont. That's somewhere in that golden triangle angle down there. Greetings from Texas. Uh, as we see Paul Heyman weave in and out seamlessly as the advocate for Brock Lesnar, it makes me pose the question. Has Heyman set the bar too high for managers and advocates to follow? The contrary. He's opened the eyes of the power brokers that if somebody is really good in this particular casting, this particular booking, this particular role, they can be big-time contributors to the program. Leo Rush can be in that on that journey. Does he get there in, in the promised land uh, with a great deal of uh, fanfare and success? I don't know yet. I do know that I was disappointed to see Leo get bounced around this week so early in his run. If you want him to be has something, he's a little guy, make people have to work to get their hands on the little son of a bitch. He's good, man. But you don't want to blow it off of him too early, in my opinion. Again, you can uh, contact us at, and send us your suggestions, your questions, your comments at thejimrossreport at gmail.com anytime. And again, producer Ted waits for those. He loves them. And finally, uh, Michael Wilson says, what did you think of the Ric Flair-Ronnie Garvin match at Starcade 87? I thought it was a slobber knocker. Uh, I thought when Ronnie Garvin was a, became the NWA champion, it kind of came out of nowhere. It was a surprise. Fundamentally sound, tougher than hell, no doubt about that. You have a good, solid match with anybody. But that match in particular was uh, not for the weak at heart. They beat the living dog out of each other. And if you go back and watch that match, look at the changing of complexions of their chest, their pectoral area, because they beat each other up, and those blood vessels were broken, and that blood coming to the surface. It was quite the matchup. And, folks, that's this week's mailbag. Again, uh, touch base with us. We'd love to hear your feedback and your comments. We want you to be a, a bigger part of the show as we can make it. And you can do that by simply sending us your feedback, your questions, Report at gmail.com. Moving right along here, ladies and gentlemen, I, I really uh, am excited for you to hear this conversation, part two of my chat with my mentor, uh, the bombastic cowboy, Cowboy Bill Watts, part two this week. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things, uh, advice that Bill would give young talents getting into the wrestling business today. We'll talk about Cowboy's quality of life at age 79. He sounds like he's still full of P and V to me, folks. Uh a lot of philosophical things we're going to touch on. Uh, 
his time in the New York Territory, where he was basically discovered by Wild Red Berry, and then uh, Bruno Sammartino took a liking to him and his tag partner, the the obligatory and predicted turn for Cowboy became a villain. And uh, that was a great marriage with he and Bruno. Uh, I, I'm going to ask Bill how uh, Danny Hodge and Dr. Destiny Williams, maybe even Vern Gagne would have fared in the USC. Great stories on Carl Gotch, Mark Lewin, and Jack Briscoe. And I asked the age-old question, could Danny Hodge beat Carl Gotch? And then uh, we left it off, uh, some interesting stuff, and kicking it off here this week with Cowboy like to have things settled in the old west style here's a great story kicking it off here the time that john nord the barbarian was a rookie and he and hacksaw butch reed got into legitimate fisticuffs in the locker room area in oklahoma city and here's how it went i told people that story on my little stage show sometimes and they think i'm bsing them but i said no i said john nord and butch reed got in a fight in oklahoma city on sunday afternoon and time they got to tulsa on sunday night for tv bill had heard about it and wanted to continue the fight to get it out of their system and they no, i was there i was i was there on the initiation of it and and, and, and nord and nord had said nord had said nord had created the situation and then he then he stood up one minute and then he sat back down, and he said, "I don't. I got the flu." He said, "I'll fight him next week." And I turned oh. to Doctor Tess. I said, "Oh my gosh, him got the flu. He don't want to fight now." And Stan said, "Nord stood up, and he hit Reed right in the mouth or on the wow. chin, and you oh. could hear you could literally hear the bone rattle. I mean, he smacked him a good one, but that Butch Reed, he it backed him up about a step, and that was it." And then he got himself in gear, and these guys are changing shots, and these are these are serious shots they're changing. And and pretty soon then, Reed started marching through. And so yes, you're right. We had we had Tulsa. Then we had we had them booked. They were booked against each other in Tulsa. Yeah. So I'll never forget. <laughs> I took them back to the to the old Tulsa Hurricane room, and I and I came in there and said, Well, I bet you, but now everything's a little bit sore because. Everything is swollen up. The eyes are swelling up. The mouth is swelling up. Everything is swelling up. And I said, you guys are booked together. And I said, you know, uh, Nord, you're a, still a rookie. And Reed is the established guy. So he should lead the match. And I said, but if you want you guys want to fight again, I said, be my guest. I'm not going to give you any bonuses for fighting. But I will video it, and then I'll watch it back with and, and get my laughs out of it, you know. But or you might stop and consider the fact that you you might want to get along and have a great match instead. Right. And that's what they did. But we didn't stop the fight in the dressing room. I remember you telling me on a road trip one time. Of course, I was driving, folks, and uh, Cowboy napped and booked. I think he I think he did both at the same time. I'm not sure, but anyway. <laughs> He said, you told me that the, one of the biggest things you remember about the New York territory when you first got there, your third year in the business, yeah. it was the perpetual card game. Every day, a card game in the locker room. And, and so guys are paying more attention to their cards than some of them were paying attention to their business. Not just that, Jim. They get that card game, and, 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 and the office guys that are supposed to be watching the match for Vince Sr., they're playing the cards. Arnold Stolen. 
and guys like that, they're right in the middle of the cards. <laughs> and these guys would get so uptight in playing the cards and getting and losing that if they came to the ring, they, they were still, their mind was still back in the dressing room and they were still all worried about that card game and wanting to get back to that card game. And it ruined matches. And, it, and, and, and the biggest thing is there was no uh, responsibility being taken by the very guys that Vince Sr. thought were taking care of the towns. Mm. And, 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 and business was being badly treated out there. And, and it, I even got in a real bad lawsuit back there in those days because nobody, uh, nobody came and, and, and helped me when we had a riot. And, 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 and they, they should have been there to help us and to help, help us get out of it and help protect us because, you know, these riots, of course, the guys today don't know anything about that because none of them have ever been in one. But we used to have riots back then because our fans were of a different persuasion about the business. Mm-hmm. Well, so, they didn't, uh, know, they, they didn't These were so some of the things I saw, and all I saw, you can play cards if you want to. I don't care. But when you get it, when you at the arena, we're not going to have any cards at, from an hour before the first bell mm-hmm. until until it's over. Well, when pro wrestling gets it, people, I've been involved in a million times, and you probably have been involved in it two million times, where uh, people roll their eyes at the profession. And, you know, I know how it was handled back in the old days, but now with, with lawyers and all this other stuff, you just kind of got to bite your tongue and move on. And I have a fun time with some of these young executives that are on the airplanes that, are you Jim Ross? I am. Man, you were the voice of my childhood. And how'd you keep a straight yeah. face? I said, because it was my job to make it as real as I possibly could. Because I was told a long, long time ago, you told me one time, if I wanted to hire Gordon Soley, I would have hired Gordon Soley. You got this job now, working there, you know, at the, on the TVs in Mid-South. I want it to be as real and athletically oriented as it can be. And I remember my, one of my best ass chewings from you was when I didn't put over an enhancement guy, job guy. I don't know how to use the term, but a, a, a guy coming in making 25 or 40 bucks, whatever it might have been, and he looked like he just had a litter of pups, kind of like I do in the mornings and in the evening, by the way. And I'm wondering, you know, I didn't put him over enough because he said, you said, well, it makes a company look bad if we're hiring somebody that is absolutely horrible. Uh, it, why would he be, if he did have some redeeming qualities, why would I have him on our show? You know, you're asking me these, these questions that could certainly have gone through the mind of the viewer. Well, that fat guy's on there. Why, what's Mid-South? What's going on at Mid-South? You see that guy that wrestled, um, you know, Ted DiBiase on TV last week? I, and you said you got to make everybody have some redeeming quality. that you One thing. Hey, this guy's got big arms, big upper body. You know, he's got powerful. Something. Give me something. And I give you nothing, and uh, it was an innocent well, match. It was terrible. You're 100% right in, in, in the concept. Uh, and, and when you speak of Gordon Soley, if you recall, I had you study him. Mm-hmm. And that's and you studied Gordon Soley because that's yeah. what we did. We studied up. It would be much good to study down. You studied up because that's the direction you wanted to go. So we would study up, and so you studied Gordon Soley. And you learned from it, and that was a good thing. The other thing is, I was a match, I was in a match on TV in Minneapolis one time, and they got the they got the picking on the guy I was working with, who was a Canadian. He was a fine guy, became a good worker later. But right then, he worked a job, 
So he had the, 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 the sun marks halfway down his arm and the different marks <laughs> you have, and the rest of his body was really white and everything else. But he busted his can for you. He tried, and these guys don't work every match. They're not the kind. They're not the guys that are getting to get out there and work every single match. These guys are guys that are working on the weekend and doing this and that and the other. And I picked the fight with the guys in the crowd. They were they were giving him a hard time and challenged them to come in the ring. And God, you came up after his over. He said, "You can't do that." I said, "Yes, I can. They're going to respect my opponent too." Or else they're going to find that I'm going to take them on. And the bottom line to the whole thing, the guys loved it. But that's where you learn. And, 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 and you've got to have. And the same thing, you know, when we were at WCW. Oftentimes you'd bring the guys in for the TV on the weekend. And then the, the regular guys, some of them, and we won't mention their names right now, would hurt them in the ring. Well, you know. That, and I, and you, if you recall, I jumped on everybody about that. I said, you know, that's really being a bully. These guys are doing the best they can. They're only working on the weekend. And they do as good as they can for you. And when they come in and give you their body, you're responsible for it. And you know, you can't be just hurting them because you want to hurt somebody or because you're frustrated. And we, you know, so that, that was true. There has to be some, some respect in there, you know. I mean, and you know, I'm just not always going to get the perfect guy to work with, especially if he's what we call a job guy. Mm-hmm. You got a very physical style, ex football player at OU, AFL. Uh, you made paydays playing football for money and uh, wrestled at OU. All this, all this amazing stuff uh, athletically. Have have you noticed because it's a topic now the CTE the concussion things, you know I've seen guys uh, that you and I know again I'm not going to bring that out right now names but where you're sad for them you're sad for them because a they didn't save any money they didn't have a plan to to create some sort of financial independence no matter what they were making because they refused to adjust their overhead and kept buying stuff and then you see them and they can't remember what they had for breakfast. Your memory still pretty. It sounds to me like your memory is great. But did you avoid that CTE stuff? You think? Well, you know, Jim. I, I mean, I think everybody's different. Uh, you know, and I don't know how many times I got concussions in all the things. You got to realize, one time, uh, as you know, I was unconscious for almost two weeks from a car train wreck. That's right. a pretty major concussion. But we, I don't know how many actual concussions that I got. All I know is. You know, naturally, you would worry about that, uh, but, you know, it's kind of hindsight now. I think uh, uh, the, 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 they are now at least having to admit that they're there. You know, the amazing thing is they, they really don't protect the guys anywhere near as much as they should. Uh, you know, we just saw one guy where the guy's helmet came off the weekend. They still let him get clobbered though his head was split open, and he was just trying to recover a fumble. You'd think if the officials were trying to do what the NFL claims, mm-hmm. that they would have blown the whistle yeah. to stop Dead ball. the play yep. Yep. And, and, and protected this guy from getting splattered, but they didn't. So, you know, all this stuff takes its own form, and I don't know how often. I, I know there were some times that I got hit. And, and stuff like that. But, no, thank God I've, everything's been all right. You know, 
I think at this point in, in, in life, I thank God for each day he gives me. I thank him for each day. He, he didn't promise me how many years I was going to get. And yes, I, I've had a good quality of life. That part there is amazing uh, that I've had this decent quality of life. And so uh, I just give thanks on it. And you're right about the guys that are that are showing up with, with brain damage. The same thing with dementia, Jim. You know, the dementia thing has gotten so many. And, and it could be related, you know, to, to some of the athletes. I don't know. I'm a big supplementer, as you well know, and I take quality supplements. Uh, are they are they what's making the difference? I don't know. I don't know, but I do know I have a good quality of life. I've had back surgery two years ago, so my my back's not the best that it was. But I mean, after 25 years as a, in, in pro wrestling and the years in football and everything else, I think you know. I think for I, I, I I'm thankful that I can still walk, even if I have to use a walker. If I'm going to do a lot of walking or a cane. Or something like that. So I'm not completely free of the damage, but I'm okay. Good, good. Hey, uh, a couple of real quick ones here at the end. Uh, there's a big USC fight this weekend. I don't know if you're a fan of USC or what they do, uh, but I just somebody asked this question: uh, How would, in their prime, uh, Danny Hodge or even Steve Williams, Doctor Death, have done in the USC world if they were in their prime uh, in this fort? And are are there other guys, Bill, that maybe we don't think about that often that you know to be really tough? They're amateurs, they're badasses, and if they if the USC had been a, in place then, that they would have been big stars as well. But how have Hodge and Doc done to start with? Well, let's do two things. Uh, I used to watch the UFC a lot and enjoy it. But I have a real problem with a couple of things that the way they do it. I don't understand why there's not a score at the end of each round that each participant can know where he stands. Because a lot is, a lot depends on your tactics if you're ahead or if you're behind. And anybody that says it doesn't, they don't understand because that is baloney. I mean, what you do tactically depends tremendously on where you are as far as uh, being ahead or behind. The other thing is they've really geared it for the striker. They have really geared it for the striker. And 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 is that good? I don't know. That's what they want to do. But if it was if it was submission wrestling, I don't think anybody could beat Hodge once he was orientated to all that submissions. The, the funny thing is all the old submission wrestling initially started in Wigan, England. And it was from the, they were taught by the old time American pro wrestlers. And that's where they, that's where they did all the old time submission stuff. And then of course the Gracies, they took it and everything else. But, but if it was about the wrestling and submissions, I don't think anybody could have beat Hodge. Hodge, Hodge's aerobic system. He never got tired. As you know, yeah. Danny Hodge had one of those unbelievable aerobic systems. And every, and people aren't the same in aerobic. Some guys can go forever, and some guys, I don't care how much they work out, they, their conditioning is, is just not the same. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but I think without a doubt. And Dr. Death, as far as the heavyweights go, I don't know how he'd have been on submissions. Uh, you know, you don't know, but I do know his heart 
and, and that he was a tough, tough guy, Doc wasn't a mean guy. Neither was Hodge. Right. Hodge really wasn't a mean guy. So, you know, some of that stuff, uh, uh, you got to have a little bit of that killer instinct, too. How about Burn? I think the answer, Burn, Burn was a, was a, was a real competitor. He was a real competitor. He would compete about, with about any aspect, uh, you know, and, and, and so Vern, there's a, he's another one. But again, I, you never know till they're in the mix. I, I knew, I do know that, but you know, there was a couple of guys that were, were into submission stuff way back. Uh, uh Carl Gotch, who mm-hmm. came over here and he could, he could pretty well handle about anybody that wanted to go that style. You think Gotch could uh, beat Hodge? Could, no. Absolutely not. I mean, Gotch knew he couldn't. Leroy rented the YMCA and wanted him to try, and Gotch, Gotch did not want to. Uh, you know, it's the same thing Jack Briscoe. I'll never forget Jack told me, he and uh, Billy Robinson, who Billy Robinson was a pretty good hand at that stuff, too, yeah, had gotten no into it in Australia. Right. And, and Jack said, they can't, they, can't, they can't hook you if they can't control you. That's why they used to say it's about getting behind you. They had to get behind you. And so uh, 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 they couldn't do that. So Jack and him, Jack and Billy, went quite a schmoz down there. But uh, but he couldn't do anything. So, you know, you just never know. There's something about these things, again, once you get into the rules and all that, it's it's all that makes the difference. But uh, I think Danny Hodge... Could have competed with everybody. I never saw anybody that I thought was even close to his weight that could beat him. But just for the reasons that we're talking about. I mean, my God, you—you you, how would you control him? And, and he—and he never. You know, he, you got to realize that his his senior year, nobody scored a point against him. His senior year, he pinned everybody in the national tournament. He didn't just win it barely. He he pinned everybody that came against him. But he didn't. He didn't have one single offensive point scored against him his senior year. And if he could wrestle back as a freshman, <laughs> he would have won four times. Yeah. You know, you could look at the kid, uh, Kale Gunderson, the guy that coaches uh, Penn State. Yeah, Sanderson, Kale Sanderson. Sanderson. He has to be a phenomenal wrestler. Mm-hmm. So again, there's some great guys out there. You just don't know. Hunger makes guys do a lot of things. But I, yeah, I've lost my flavor for uh, UFC I just because of like I say I, I think they've slanted it to me I, I don't like something that's set up to be a, another boxing show yeah hey in a nutshell or the last question here but I know you don't do a lot of these uh, Q&A's at WrestleCons and all these great events that people have but if you're in that environment and some young guys that are in the business the 20s or whatever just kind of getting their journey started What's the best advice you can give a young person either wanting to be a pro wrestler or that is in the pro wrestling business, but they haven't achieved their dreams yet? What's something good from the cowboy that they can take with them? Oh, Jim, I don't know. You know, I, the last thing I did, I, I was there, uh, I was there in New Orleans the week of uh, WrestleMania. Somebody hired me to come down and sign autographs a couple of days, and it was a great time because I got to see guys that I haven't seen in years. As they found out I was there, so many guys came by that I'd worked with or against or whichever in the business to say hello. And so many guys thanked me for my career. And, you know, my wife never saw me 
in my career. So it was nice for her to see so many people come up and say thank you. And, and, and some of those guys, some of those very guys I got to see down there, have passed away just since then. Mm. It, it just shows you how fragile life is. That that you gotta you gotta take it and live it. So, to me, for somebody new, uh, I'd have to think about what I would want to say to them. But you know, I'd, I'd want, but first of all, they'd have to know what they really wanted and be willing to learn it. And 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 you know, we had a we had a system that a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, was a great system. In the back in the day, we made so many of our trips by car. A lot of times there were no airline scheduled to those towns, or the schedules weren't where we could really use them. So we did a lot of travel by car. And in those cars, we did a lot of learning. Because if you were riding with somebody that already was an established guy, they were teaching you. Those were teaching moments. And as such, they were really, really great to, 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 to be taught by these guys. Uh, you know, I can remember Jim Haiti. I traveled a lot with Jim Haiti in California. And oftentimes all the way from, from uh, San Francisco to Bakersfield and back, uh, excuse me, to Fresno where we would, would do a TV and back, I'm getting told by Jim Haiti different things or, or Joe Scarpa or, all these different guys, they would be talking to you about about your work. Or, or, or Boris Malenko was a beautiful one to teach you. So a lot of guys had a, a teaching manner, and they're talking to you. I mean, they'd get your attention. I'd never forget, you'd come in from the ring, and Boris Malenko would be there, and he'd say, what a tremendous effing stinkeroo that was. And he'd <laughs> laugh. And then he'd come and tell you, you know, how to how to make it better. Sure. So we had an awful lot of that with the old timers, and part of that, and, and that's gone. Those guys, well, they don't so spend that kind of time together on the road anymore. They don't really know each other. I don't think. I think what you're saying basically is these kids today need to find a mentor. They need to find somebody that's got on the ground experience that they can trust. They need when the world needs more mentors. And the second thing I would say, Bill, and you stress this to, to a lot to a lot of guys, if it went in one ear out the other to some of them, some of it didn't. You got to have a financial plan. You got to be structured in some degree to where you're not solely dependent on your next booking to make sure you're going to be able to go to the grocery store. Well, the, when you're talking about the kind of money the guys make at the WWE, that without a doubt. But I remember talking to Pat Jones a lot. Pat Jones is a pretty shrewd guy when. We used to do that sports animal broadcast. And he said, Bill, we bring all these guys in to talk to them. He said, we bring the financial guys. We bring, he said, it goes in one ear and out the other. And the worst thing they all do is each one of them tries to keep up with the Joneses. In other words, they all, and, and, and it's hard to get them because they think it's going to go forever. And you and I know it could be over tomorrow. If you look at the, if you look at the factors in, Who's collecting the retirement money and what the and what the minimum time is and all that? They know where that where that is that you're that if you're going to make it to that era, era or not. So you're right, but it's hard to tell a guy, especially young guys. It's like again going back to Pat Jones. He said you go into their homes and recruit them. They may not have a father there. They may not have this. They may not have that. And he said all of a sudden they got they got money like they have never seen it. <laughs> and they don't realize that that could be over tomorrow. Yep. And and so you're, what you're saying is 100% right. 
uh, they do need that help. But again, you can lead a horse to water. Sometimes getting him to drink is a whole other process. Absolutely. Well, you're. Uh, I learned from the best, and I tell you what, I've had I've had a wonderful run since 1974. Believe it or not. When I thought when I left Northeastern, I would have about a three-month gig in the summertime, go back down there and graduate in Tahlequah. I, ne- I never made it back. I have no regrets, uh, and I'm living a healthy, happy life right now. The only thing I do is I miss my wife. Well, give me a call when you can. I want to catch up on you. I think about you often. I've certainly lifted you up in prayer, and uh, I love you, and you know that, and uh, I consider you a very special and unique person and uh, give me a holler and, and bring me up to date when you can. Cause I want to kind of hear what's going on in your life. I, and everything. Will, no. I, pre- I appreciate this. I've enjoyed it. Uh, you, you know that as long as you can lead me by feeding me the questions, I can generally come up with an answer. <laughs> yeah. You got your, you know, loss, of, no loss for words. I think your concussion issues are, we can, we can set that, that issue aside. I think you're all right. <laughs> And I, I got your address. I'll send you some barbecue sauce. Oh, man. Good, good, good. Thanks, Jim. All right, buddy. I love you, Bill. Bye-bye. I love Have you, a good too, day. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, remember to rate and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seriously. Rate and subscribe. Subscriptions are free. Uh, we want five-star reviews. Producer Ted set the goal at 1,500 five-star ratings by the end of this year. We are needing 114. You can contribute to that today by spending a couple minutes helping us out. Uh, Some of those five-star reviews have come from Wild Bill in Spring Hill. He says, I turned 13 in 1997 at the height of the Attitude Era, and my parents gifted me with cable television. And as Casey Kasem would say, reach for the stars and whatever, no kidding. I'm getting goofy. Uh, need I say more? You got cable TV. JR was the narrator of my Monday nights for many years to come. Thank you, Wild Bill. CC Ryder. Oh, see what you have done. CC Ryder, 1971. Grew up listening to Jim Ross's commentary from Mid South, UWF, WCW, and Raw. Now it's great hearing the inside stories and everything else that goes on outside the ropes. I love the show. Thank you, sir. I'm assuming it's a sir. Varishna. Awesome podcast. Varishna. Listen to JR's podcast. It's one of the highlights of my week. And with that, I say, thank you, Varishna. Hey, don't forget now, uh, anytime you get feedback for us or things you want to suggest or ideas or ideas for guests or how'd you like the cowboy interview, uh, all those things, uh, hit us at thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Appreciate that. Every Wednesday, a new episode will escape. I was teased for saying they're dropping. They drop on Wednesday because they said I was, somebody told me that I was trying to sound hip and cool. So I, I now refuse to say my show drops on Wednesdays. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to take the ridicule. I'm sick and tired of ridicule. I am sick and tired of your goddamn ridicule. You hear me? So the shows escape every Wednesday. You got it? Got it. I uh, appreciate you following me on Twitter, at JRSBBQ. Uh, Facebook and Instagram with Sean Cradle leading the way at Jim Ross BBQ. I'm kind of getting where I like the Facebook. Probably to go out of style 
next week when I'll be back and trying to program my VCR. My my video recorder flashed midnight for, I bet you, 10 years. Never figured the damn thing out. Uh, so check us out there on, on Facebook, Instagram, Jim Ross BBQ. And finally, uh, remember, I'll be on the Fox Sports on Saturday morning, 945 Central Time before the Oklahoma-Texas game in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, cast of thousands, a lot of interesting folks uh, converging with the Fox Sports guys. And have I got something in store for those dudes? Yes, indeed. I surely do. Red River Showdown in Dallas. Look, you see me down there hanging around. Uh, I will accept corn dogs. Thank you. Uh, so for our entire crew here, and there's a, we have a massive crew. We have little Raphael, uh, the uh, Richard Lewis of Cuban descent somewhere on the East Coast right now. Uh, and we have producer Ted, who's I'm looking at right now. He's a handsome man, ladies and gentlemen. He really is. Could use a haircut, but that's another story. Uh, and uh, everybody here at uh, Westwood One, we appreciate their support. And we appreciate yours even more. So uh, next week, another big show. Uh, we'll cover the uh, my thoughts on the Melbourne event, my thoughts on uh, being on Fox this weekend for the football, all kinds of good stuff, and, and probably another guest or two. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? You got it. So until then, do something nice for people. Remember, tomorrows are not guaranteed for any of us, any of us. So good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. I'll see you back here next week. So from Los Angeles, well, actually Culver City, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. The Westwood One Podcast Network, the Curiosity Podcast with Cody Goff and Ashley Hamer. You can get smarter in just a few minutes on our new daily podcast. We'll satisfy your curiosity with a few stories every day. Hear a timely blend of cultural life hacks and science and technology straight from the editors at curiosity.com. Stay curious. The Curiosity Podcast. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.